1942, in the cold desert of a small border town in Texas, a group of kind are kidnapped and mass-embraced by members of the fanatical sect, the Sabbat. Out of this group, only a handful survived, and through rituals and mentorship, they became the pack known as the Pale Riders. Representing the Sword of Cain, they are wielded by a mentor to cut deep wounds within the heartland of Mexico to the enemies of the Sabbat. Wars on Fire is a vampire the Masquerade Sabbat Chronicle that follows the Pale Riders pack that consists of Mitch, a Lazombra played by Adam, Coyote, a Ravenous anti-tribute played by Alex, Eldrick, a Caitiff played by David, Jasper, a Bruja anti-tribute played by Joaquin, Cora, a Shimizi played by Slavic, and Richard, a Venture anti-tribute played by Tillman. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. So where we left off, basically, Cora was with Jasper uh, in the front of the abandoned resort. Uh, Coyote was upstairs with Ilanipi, who was trying to recover. And uh, Mitch and uh, uh, Richard just drove back from Cedar Creek and they're coming up. Uh, there's actually Richard was driving this old dairy truck that they found delivery truck, which we described last session. But as you guys are coming up, the headlights wash over the courtyard and you see the fountain and you see the dust that's being kicked up from the tires. And then you catch like a movement uh, for a second, Mitch is here. Cause you're kind of driving uh, in front of the little mini combo you have. And you drive up and you see off onto the side uh, like in some dead grass, there's this old oak tree. And you see Cora standing there uh, watching, and Jasper is facing you as the lights wash upon him from the headlights. And you see he has, like, his normal cut, uh, uh, like, East Coast business attire that he wears, but completely from, like, head down and, like, all across this, like, navy blue jacket and what was once, like, a white shirt that was underneath it, dress shirt, is just crimson and red as blood has just, like, completely washed over him. You see uh, above him uh, there's a, a body that is hanging upside down uh, from, like, a tree, thick tree branch, a gnarled tree branch that grew off in the side of the oak tree. And you can, and, and as you're looking, you see, like, this thick rope that has the individual tied like by his ankles uh, that makes him upside down and the guy's hands are tied behind him and also tied to the same rope as ankles. It looked like the act that was performed in the Valdry by uh, Archbishop Vidar when you guys uh, rebonded again. And you see like a moment where you look upon him and you just see the only white that you can see in Jasper's face is his eyes, like the white of his pupils. Rest is just completely crimson red like blood, like a bucket of blood. And you see as he holds his hand up high, he holds his hands up to his side and he's looking at you and you see this intensity that uh, maybe he was about to frenzy or he already had frenzy. And as you, the lights turn because you got to like pull up into the courtyard, you, they wash upon this head that's just tilted to the side on Jasper's, uh, by Jasper's feet. Uh, uh, Coyote, as you're uh we kind of talked about already like what Coyote did because you weren't here last session, but basically you had gotten two bodies for Ilanipi and you went upstairs and you carried them up there. We're going to cover that up into this scene that I just described now. So you basically sure. take Ilanipi up to this room uh, that is, has like uh, uh, the furniture that is in there, which is 
uh, an old uh, couch that has this uh, dust sheet that's thrown over it to prevent dust from getting on it. Like, you know, you kind of like rip the, you'd rip the sheet off there and you set Ilanipi down on the couch uh, there. And as he's laying there with his head propped up on the arm of the couch and you see, or with his head propped up on the arm of the couch. Uh, and there's like a, a chair that uh, is sitting there, like an old rocking chair. This room doesn't look like it was a room that maybe was a guest room at one point. It was just maybe like a storage room where they threw stuff in there. And there's this window because you're like on the third floor right now. There's this window that overlooks the courtyard. Uh, so you see a couple gas lights that are in the courtyard there, you know, that uh, small ones that kind of dimly lit the the fountain and, and the gravel that's in front, but also puts a little light that's um, in the room. Uh, uh, when you set Ilanipi down, uh, he see he gets adjusted for a second and he motions for you to <coughs> sit down the seat. He's like, may I, may I have a word with you if you don't mind? See, si. I'll sit down and I'll spark up a cigar. I'll sit down see- near him. I'll find a, an armchair with another dust cover over it. I won't even take the dust cover off. As you as you sit down upon this chair, you see Ilanipi kind of slowly starts to like work himself up to where he's like you know not so much his head's resting but his lower back, and he looks at you, and you smell you see like his his his, his hair is comp- almost completely burnt off you know and it looked like uh 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 his one of his arms was 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 ripped out of socket. Uh, there's this rancid meat smell that's coming from him uh, that's almost like uh, like like hamburger that had been left out in the sun for too long and flies had infested Ooh. it, you know? Yeah, delicious, you know? But uh, <laughs> you, you see that, like, you've seen from when you carried him upstairs. And by the way, also, there's there's two bodies that you dragged up there that are just kind of laying uh, right. unconscious that are on the floor there uh, in the room. I... Sure. I've been wa- I've been walking down this uh, path for a while now, Coyote, and I've seen many who have walked right along the border that separates us from the animals that we can become and the humans that we once were, and I can see it's taking its toll on you. Humans are animals too, Ilanipi. What's your point? You're right. They are less than us. They are cattle. We are evolved. But brother, I see that you're stepping along the path that might lead you to eventually becoming uninvolved one day. Losing control of yourself to that beast. That see that you're having a hard time control. Controlling. Am I wrong in that? I've got to tell you something, man. I'm not losing control. I like it. I like the beast. And he sits back and he's like, and he's, you see him adjust himself and he t- takes his legs like off of laying on the couch and kind of like gets it to where he can sit. And you see he's wincing a little bit. And it's hard to do with like one arm missing, you know. Uh, and he's and he see him prop, he kind of leans forward and puts his one right arm that he still has to, to, to hold his weight on his knee. And he's like, listen, brother, I have seen many that have become addicted to what you feel right now. And they have lost themselves and they have never came back. I don't want to see that happen to you. You are like children to Vidar, and that means that we are like siblings then, because I consider myself almost to be a, an adopted child of Vidar's. I just want you to know that once this is all over, that there's ways where you can learn 
you can adjust to your condition, to what we have become, to where you don't have that threat of losing yourself to the beast, but yet you can enjoy the things that you have enjoyed so far in this path that you've walked. I'll take a drag from the cigar and look at him, and I kind of have... It's a stern look, like the typical Coyote look, where I look you know, right through someone, but he can see a bit of sadness in my eyes too, and I'll say, how can I lose what I am when I wasn't anybody in life anyway? The thing is that you're not part of that life anymore. You're new. You are, what's the word, reinvented? You have evolved. Here, help me up. And you see him, like, he motions his one hand at you to help him up off the chair to stand. Yeah, I'll get up and hoist him to his feet. Take me over by the window here. Let's go. And you see he kind of mo- like walks slowly as he has his one arm around you. Mm-hmm. As you yeah. come up to the window, you look and you see uh, uh, Caroline, Cora line, excuse me. You see Cora and uh, Jasper down there. And you see Cora's watching Jasper as Jasper's like tying these knots and tying this guy to the fountain and then one to the tree upside down. Look at her and emotions mm-hmm. to Cora. She is your spiritual guidance, but she too is losing herself. Have you not been, have you not noticed? She's my abuela. I will stand by her no matter what. That is good because she is the one that will have to guide your pack when this is all done. And once you save our, 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 and you see him look away and he looks sad for a second and he looks back, our leader. You're going to have to fight, seek her guidance, and she's going to have to guide you guys away from where you're at now. It is all taking a toll, except on the new member of your pack, on Richard, my child. And he looks up at you. I don't want to see you lost. There have been many that have been lost through the ocean of time. And unfortunately, when someone gives themselves completely to the beast like that, we have no choice but to take them down. Because they have proven not to be evolved and be better than those that we consider cattle. Do you understand what I'm saying, Coyote? Well, um, I'm giving him like a look that says I'm getting what he's saying, but you can see a bit of look of defiance as well. But I'll give him a nod and be like, see, I hear you. Do you remember what Vidar said? Where he said total freedom is a total annihilation? He spoke that to you guys when you guys were first brought over. It was this way of warning. And this is all a test. This was all a test until those infernalists betrayed us. I don't feel as if Vidar has been taken from us yet. And from what that lady, from what that young one told me, that was not their plan. But if you do, you guys do succeed and survive that shows that you have the grit to belong here and that you are meant to survive. And I want you to investigate what I've just spoken to you about. If that is the case, do you understand? Looks like if we want to get him back, you might need the beast for a little bit longer, huh, Padre? (laughs) And he smiles, he's like, exactly. That's why I'm saying afterwards. I'm afraid though that I I cannot travel with you at the moment. But maybe that's good. I'd be a hindrance in my current state. But I'm. You're too ugly I've, to ride with us right now, my <laughs> man. 
<laughs> he just kind of he looks up at stuff. you. Yeah, he looks up at you. He looks back down. He's like, "I was gonna ask for someone to stay here with me, and I'm not sure at the moment, but I'd much rather have you go with the group with your packmates." I have a feeling they they're gonna need your skill set. I think so too. Why don't we why don't we feed? You yeah, have to get your strength up. Yes, I will feed alone. And then he looks and all of a sudden you hear like as you're standing there and you're like looking at the bodies coyote and he's still looking out the window, all of a sudden you hear this like this like and you like coming from down in the courtyard. It almost sounds like a um well, like a dog will like grab on to like a like a bone or a, a, like a rope or toy or something. You know what I mean? You're like sitting there grabbing it, playing with it and everything. Mm-hmm. And this ferociousness that comes from it. And you look down and you see like Jasper is just like this upside down body there. And he's like feeding off it. But you see him just like shaking his head like like ferociously. Like he doesn't want to let it go. And you see his hands are gripping on the, gripping on the head. And you see like uh, it's, it's Jasper one, like three of his fingers are like underneath the guy's chin, you know, while the guy's upside down and the other's like on the base of his neck gripping and he seems, and he like pulls down all of a sudden you just see like his, and you can hear all the way, like three stories up. That's like 30 feet through this glass. You can hear like the vertebrae cracking and you can just hear it cracking and almost like a chicken wing that's being broken off of a chicken. And you hear like a pop and you just see him like, throw the head on the ground. You see him just grabbing the shoulders and he's just like taking the, the, the blood that's just like, you know, cascading down and he's just like taking and drenching himself in it. And you, and he looks, he's like, and he looks at you and he's like, he may be the one that made stay with me. He is injured. And, <laughs> and he just looks and he's like, turns around. He's like, leave me. I will feed. Okay. I'll um, carry him back over to the couch and lay him on it and uh, drag one of the bodies over and just dump it at the foot of the couch and then stroll out the room. All right. Sweet. Scene's on you. What are you going to do, brother? I'll um, make my way outside and uh, stand kind of near, leaning on the house but near where I can watch Jasper feeding and I'll just puff away on my cigar a little bit. So as you're dri- as you stand out there, you see the two vehicles driving up that I described. One is uh, the pickup truck that you guys have been using since the beginning of the Chronicle, and the second one's like this. What looks like it could have been like a dairy truck in the '40s. At one time, it may have had like a beige color painted to it, but now it's really just like sandblasted, metallic, rusty color. You see, it has kind of like these balding wheels that are kind of on it where you can kind of see the threads of the tires through some of the rubber, you know, a little bit. And you see, like, it's and you hear it roll up. You see Richard is, like, driving it, and it has, like, this kind of bigger steering wheel, and you can see, like, pretty much, like, there's no suspension to it uh, or power steering. Well, I don't even know if power steering was, I think, for any vehicle back then. But you see he's having a hard time, like, not a hard time, but it's not, like, a comfortable drive. Uh, and the vehicle stop uh, uh, you see Jasper, he stands there and he's like looking, you know, and he's like, uh, oh, before you went down there, and I forgot one thing, he told you to send Jasper when Jasper was done up there okay. to him, you know what I mean? And you it see fits. like Jasper, yeah, Jasper's standing there and he's just quiet, but you see like he's like standing like he's a god before Korra and you see, Korra, what's your, 
like demeanor like right now while you're standing by Jasper and you see like what I described. Well, Cora is humanity three, okay, so she's probably amused uh at this. And you know, uh that's She's taking it. pleasure in it. Yeah. She's like, she's like. Would you say like her body language and her facial expression is like a look of pride, or is it like neutral? Uh, or? Pride and you know something like, like yeah, you do you, Jasper. <laughs> you do you, yeah. So you see Cora looking like that, uh, Coyote, where you walk outside. Okay, scenes on everyone now. Go ahead. And I'll um, I'll stub my cigar out and sidle up to Cora and just stand there watching what's going on with her. Ah, Coyote, how are you doing? Hmm. I'm okay, Abuela. I think this one will need to stay with Ilinipi when we when we leave. Mm. Uh, His see. words, not mine. Okay. Uh, I shall inform Jasper that Ilinipi requires his presence. Maybe I should give him a towel. <laughs> I think a bath would be uh, more useful. And at this point, you see, like, Jasper, he's sitting there, like, he's not breathing, obviously. He's standing there, his arms, like, slowly, like, go down. And you see, like, this, like, this, like, controlled rage that he had in his eyes, where his eyes were all darting around, like, slowly, like, these pupils start to, like, go back to, like, normal size. And his arms slowly, like, start to go down. And you see there's this brief moment where, like, the I mean, the blood is still on him, but it's starting to thicken a little bit. And you can see, like, there's this, like, look of, uh, so of like, um, like self-consciousness. Like he like, like realized like, Oh, and you see him looking for a second, like at his hands and he's looking at the head and you see he's having like this moment, a crisis moment, you know? And by the way, we have to roll Jasper's humanity when he joins us again. Cause we didn't do that last <laughs> time, but you see, there's this moment of crisis, not crisis, but where he's like taking in everything. And he kind of for a second looks up at you, Cora, with like a almost like a pleading in his eyes, you know, because you're like the you're like the pilgrim rock for yeah. the pale riders pack, you know, spiritually. And he just kind of looks at you for a second. You see it through this like maroon mask that is that that has a vague shape of his face, and you just see he's like questioning you, looking at you with his eyes at the moment. Hmm. Jasper, you'll have to. Uh... Stay with Ilinipi for a while. He needs protection while he heals. And he has requested your presence. And you see where he'll like, he rubs his chest when you say that, like where the slash marks are still at underneath his now red, uh, maroon, blood covered white dress shirt. And he looks at you, he's like, Yes, sister, of course. And he, he smiles and he like turns around, he walks and then you just see like his body language goes from like, you know, like how he always is back to like kind of introvert as he's walking in, rubbing his chest. Uh, all right. Now you, the rest of you four are there in the courtyard scenes on you guys. Go ahead. So are we prepared? With... Oh, I'm ready. Look over his gear briefly. I think we're about as ready as we're all going to be. Uh, one more going to be frozen in place for a second or two. 
one more thing. And, you know, I reach down and grab a few handfuls of her earth and put them into a sack or something. Hmm. I feel like I need this. I think Richard planned something out for that too, right? By the way, I would say it's about like, are you guys going to stay one more night and then, or one more day and then leave the next night? Or are you guys like leaving now? Because I would say it's about probably like 10, 30, 11 at the moment. Yeah, we could probably leave now. It's still quiet. The night yeah. is young, you know. Um, I just want to go and cut the rope so that the body falls down and hoist it over my shoulders, and I'm going to head off to find a shovel and bury it. And I'm also lighting another cigar as I do this. All right, you see Coyote going, uh, taking off to go do that. We'll say that takes about, like, an hour, we'll say, mm-hmm. while you go off and do that. Now, Richard, you wanted to take, like, plastic right and put it on the inside the dairy truck and like put that earth for cora in there in a way you're saying um not quite i wanted to check whether the truck is uh, light proof uh yeah yeah i mean you can go and check that definitely so what so you're like i'm gonna well cora uh do you have a light maybe a lantern or something i'm sure i can scratch up something around here Right then, Richard is gonna get in the into the back of the of the van uh, or truck or whatever. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, lock himself in there and wait for Cora to uh, shine a light through, <laughs> or look for any cracks first. Can you see any cracks, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, think no. so. I think I'm locked in. Can you please let? <laughs> okay, <laughs> joke aside. Yeah, no, but you, he's gonna make sure you don't see any cracks or anything like that. So no light comes through. It's actually pitch black. When you stand in there, you gotta like slouch just a little bit, or you hit your top, and you could go like this with your arms. You know what I mean? And touch each side. You know what I mean? But like, there's no like nothing in here at all. You could tell it's like cool metal, and the reason there is no cracks is probably because that's the only thing that kind of kept cool. Like maybe they threw ice back there because this is before refrigerated trucks kind of existed. So they might have thrown ice back there and like milk or whatever they did to keep things cool at the time. So no, there's no cracks or anything like that. Right, I'm gonna go back out. Um, Alright. This is a tight fit, but it might be the only thing that keeps us alive if things go south or we don't find any other place to stay. But it's a light proof, it seems. Well, that's good enough for me. What about you, Mitch? What, uh, you, what What's your plan of action? Do you want to leave this evening or do you want to leave the next day or what? Hmm. Mitch will look over the truck. About what time is it? I'd say uh, it's about 10, 30, 11. When he's done with the body, it'll probably be like midnight. Well, if everyone's comfy, being a little cozy, I suppose we should be moving on sooner rather than later. Now, have you guys, uh, one thing too to consider is A, obviously vehicles got to be left behind, so Jasper can eventually uh, catch up. Uh, throughout, like, when you're getting ready, if anyone checks on Ilanipi, he'll just basically say that, like, leave a vehicle, and he'll have, you know what I mean? Uh, whoever it is, try to catch up, uh, uh, have Jasper try to catch up once he's healed a little bit uh, with the with the damage that he took during the battle that you guys had. Now, have you guys decided a path 
I'm going to pull up the map here again, okay? So there are kind of like, and mind you, these are newer roads, but I was thinking pretty much there's two paths that could be taken, right? There's one that's like that blue, that's straight down the middle, that goes through like the middle of Mexico, passes Mexico City, kind of goes on from there. Or I think you could probably fa uh, follow like a route that would go along like to where you kind of uh, pass like Cojulia and then down to like follow pretty much the, uh, the Gulf of Mexico and ride along the east side of the Gulf of Mexico and then get down to where you will travel at. Like that town where it shows the end, that's not actually the town you're going to. The town you're going to is XTUL, which is by uh, uh, that C-A-M-P-E-C-H-E, Campache. That's right there. That little town, Campache. It's a, the town you guys are going to is a golf town that's right on the beach. It's like right along the coast there. So which path are you guys thinking of taking? Because to me, the quietest path, the one that would be of less notice would probably be the one that goes along the Gulf there, you know what I mean? And not go straight down like the hubbub of Mexico uh, like that. But in all reality, it's your guys' call. I'm going to go ahead and uh, stop sharing right now so I can go back to Hangouts here. So, I think I already did that last session, but I don't remember. Um, I think I rode streetwise and I would like to do it again to find out which way has the easier roads. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll it. Yeah. Well, I think the... Um, yeah, the roads are in the best condition. So, what would yeah. that be? Uh, it, let's do. Uh, let me look at a character sheet here. That's a good question. Let's do uh, intelligence and streetwise difficulty uh, seven. Right. That's not going to be good. <laughs> it's not going to be good. <laughs> Will PowerPoint <laughs> famous last words? Uh, one success, uh, right? Is that no, that's one. one I think I did it wrong. Oh, what was yeah. it again? Hashtag free. Uh, and uh, the, uh, N? Yeah, and N10. N10, yeah. Hashtag three N10 or whatever. How many dice are wrong? There you go. There one success. So you um are thinking, that's a good question. You think that like the roads would be decent to Mexico City, but you think also though, if you were to like travel uh, by uh, up into, uh, if you, once you get to Torreon, like you see there where, uh, oh, there's a Torreon. There. Uh, I'll, I'll switch to the map again. Hold on a second. All right, so you see where Torreon there, that's where like the 35-hour kill it. Uh, yeah. yeah, right there. You think once you get to there, the roads are good, but that's when they start getting sketch. You know what I mean? Even though Mexico City is kind of a hubbub, but the roads won't get nice again to Mexico City. So from Torreon, if you were to go down to like San Luis uh, Potosi and then jump over to Tampico, then that those would be good roads that would follow along the coast there. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. So you'd be driving through Chihuahua. Did you have to go through Juarez and then uh, to get there? So I can't right. keep up with the names, but basically I point out the road on the map. Um, I guess it has the streets on there and yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I think this is this is the safest way to go, at least in terms of um, roads. Like we won't go on any off road off roads with this broken down van. It's not the <laughs> fastest road, mm. and I'm not sure what you think about the larger cities. Like I would like to stay away from Mexico City. I believe that. Oh. Yes, uh, we don't have any business there. Yeah, everyone, give me uh, uh, 
perception and occult or uh, intelligence and occult difficulty six. <laughs> I have three successes. All right. And I think I can. Oh, no, I can't. Three, two. I'll wait for uh, Mitchell here. I thought your occult would be higher, Cora. Her intelligence is low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see here. I don't see Mitch's yet. There we go. Uh, okay. So everyone who got a success, especially you, though, uh, Richard, who got three, you know the reason why that you want to avoid Mexico City is because that's like you've heard uh, through your teachings, that's kind of like a cultural hubbub and probably the current stronghold for the Sabbat right now, you know, and there's more chance of, you know what I mean? If you want to be avoided being seen or detected or whatever, you know, by another canite, uh, it'd probably be best to avoid uh, that area. So, uh, but uh seems on you guys, go ahead. So Ilinipi taught me that Mexico City is Sabbat City, so... At least in that sense, it would be fairly safe to us, but I, I can't really tell if they are on our side or if they safe. But at least in part of. I'd rather we get there in one piece, and without anyone knowing that we're coming. Right. So if you got a safe route to propose. I will suggest that we take that one. Yeah, that would be the point. out again, like we go to blah blah, and then the roads go bad, but we can go to the coast, and that should be good. Then we'll do it that way. All right, Pale Riders are officially about to become a nomadic pack. So, what's the travel plan? Like, what vehicle are you leaving behind for Jasper, pack leader? What's the creepiest one? <laughs> no, uh, I'll leave behind the fastest. <laughs> yeah, the fastest. You're gonna want the fastest. That's a good idea, Tillman. Exactly. I'd say the Rolls Royce is the fastest at that point. Probably. Yeah, I'll leave the Rolls. Also, the one that. that yeah. And he could jump the most the, attention. And he could jump in the trunk too if he needs to in the Rolls. You know what I mean? And just like sleep through there. He can pounce him, himself out if need be. You know. Uh, and uh, okay, so who's gonna drive? The pickup truck and who's going to drive the, the 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 dairy the dairy transport truck slash van type vehicle? Mitchell drives. So this van drives like shit. I mean, <laughs> I could handle it with me uh, alone in the car, but I don't know. It's probably going to get worse with three or four people in there. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying you want to drive it by yourself and have the rest drive, like um, maybe Cora Cor Mitch no. drive. Go ahead. I wanted to ask, um, does anyone have high confidence in their driving skills? Because I don't. <laughs> you and Mitch are the only ones with the dot and drive, dude. So it's like like the other two are like, no, me no drive. <laughs> That's like Coyote says, you know, like. Yeah, for drive. <laughs> yeah so. How hard can be, it be? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how hard <laughs> can it be? <laughs> Do we need to go back and watch the second session when you guys were trying to get that lady back to the haven, you know, having to <laughs> dominate her and everything? Um, so, so silently um, swearing, I'm going to go back to the truck. Like, shit, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that would leave then, um, that would leave uh, Mitch and probably Cora driving in the front of the truck, the pickup truck, and I would assume that Coyote is going to take his normal spot 
sitting in the front of the uh, or in the back of the pickup truck or I'll sit I wanna sit in the back with uh Cora if possible. I like request it. Oh, Cora, do you want to sit in the back of the pickup truck with your with uh your prodigy? Sure. All right. So Mitch, you're actually by yourself as Cora sits in the back. I will say all the gas cans that you guys got and all the gears in the back of the the uh, the dairy truck. You know yeah, what I mean? To work cans all out, yeah. or to anything else like that. So uh, okay. So he- here's how I want to treat this trip. Right. A uh, couple things. Uh, uh, one is if you guys have anything you want to do, add anything. I don't give a shit. Let me know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to confine you and think that I'm just trying to say, let's get to point B. You know what I mean? Uh, if you guys have any ideas, want to explore anything, want to do something, you tell me. I don't give a shit. And we'll explore it. You know what I mean? I, I want <laughs> I have a request for Cora for the drive. Huh? Can you use your talents to reshape my flesh? Of course, dear. But uh, uh, this is a very delicate thing you see and uh, on the road. Uh, let's just say <laughs> it's difficult when it's bumpy. What I want won't take much subtlety. I want you to make me look how I feel inside. Make me look like a monster. What kind of monster are you? There's lots of monsters in the world. I think you have a fair idea of what kind of monster I am. I want these infernalists to know that they've messed with the wrong the wrong pack. I want them to see okay. what a real demon looks like. I can do that. Oh my god. I'll have to find some horns. Oh my god! <laughs> so, um, wow. Okay, that's something that we could definitely explore, man. Like, like on the you, we can almost say like the tri- the trip uh, represents like a transformation for Coyote, like like because it's gonna take like six days probably. To, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like a thirty five hour trip. You know what I mean? We'll say, uh, you know what I mean? Like, or maybe I don't know. A couple, we'll see. Four to six days. Who knows? But. It's something that could definitely be started, you know what I mean? And we can look into it now. Mm. Cora, what, what skill rolls would you have to make to even do that? What would you need to even have to start? Uh, that? It would be... Uh, well, the problem is, it's like, flesh craft is dexterity plus body crafts, and bone craft is strength plus body crafts. So I guess a combination of... Dexterity plus crafts and strength plus crafts. Like so here's standard roll. And do they say what the difficulty is? Uh, anything between five and nine. Nine is like increasing appearance, making your uh, people more beautiful and stuff like that. And five is decreasing appearance and making people look just you know horrifying. But if with like uh, making people look horrifying, it's, it can be like seven or. So, what's your vision you're having when he tells you? Basically, up to you. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's the vision that you have when after what he tells you and what he's requesting? Like, if you're looking like at a blank canvas right now, and you're thinking like you want, uh, like he described the vision that 
he wants he wants you to feel to interpret him. What are you trying to go for here? Oh, he said he wants to look like a demon, right? So, first thing anyone thinks of a demon is like horns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Red skin. Oh shit. Uh, <laughs> different colored eyes and have like pentagrams and like runes under his skin, like tattooed there. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd maybe like avoid the pentagram due to like you know what I mean. What, yeah. Like what? Like what? Vidar might think when he <laughs> survives or he's okay. alive and he sees this. You can put some Aztec symbols. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah we can do that. I don't know. Kind of like early 20th century version of tribal tattoos because my guy, you know, he's one of those guys that thinks he's all knowledgeable on this kind of stuff, but he's not really. <laughs> that, that seems like to be a, the thing that you and Quora really connect with. <laughs> I think I'm kind of smart, but I'm not really. <laughs> you know? uh, um. yeah. uh, definitely, you know, I do something with the eyes, make them like glow, sickly yellow. All right, cool. Um, so uh, here's what we'll do then. Um, we are going to do. Uh, I, I want five successes for each bone craft and flesh craft for this difficulty seven. Okay, and each roll that you make will say is like for. I'll let you do each roll twice. You know what I mean? Each roll once, and uh, uh, and we'll say each roll represents like a day. Okay, of like doing work and, and working on now is this is going to be painful, right? To to Coyote while this is going oh, on, right? horribly painful. Yeah, this so, is taming the beast. Yeah, this, this is, is my way of taming the beast. Jesus fucking a! You guys are fucked up. Like the soul pack is fucked up. <laughs> Richard's the only non-fucked up guy, man. Um. So, uh, okay. So let's. Um, Sorry, I have one more question too. Um, are we blowing a blood pool because we haven't done that yet? Uh, well, everyone did already when they woke up. So yeah. you, you you did it earlier. You're good. You're good to go. Sure. You can blow one too. I mean, you. I guess you weren't here. You, uh, no, yeah, you were there. Been... Yeah, you weren't. You weren't playing. So bl- blow a blood pool point, Coyote. Sure. So and the other thing is uh, willpower. Does that get restored at all, or is it? No, you guys are still down to whatever your willpower is okay. at the moment. You know. Sure. Now on the trip. <laughs> yeah, on the trip, I may give you some back depending on how the trip goes and everything like that. You know what I'm saying? So, all right. So um. Before we jump on with this adventure, I want to know. I mean, I kind of know what's going on in your. Well, I'll ask you, Coyote, again, but I'll go through everyone else first. I want to know what's going on in each character's mind as you guys get on the road. I'm going to start with the pack leader first. Like, what's going on in Mitch's mind after everything that's accumulated? Like the the whole, you know, just the last couple days of all this shit that's been going on, and now you're hitting the road and you're kind of leaving like this chapter of your guys' life behind at this, you know what I mean? At this one place that was your nest for a while. What, what's going on in Mitch's mind right now? Mitch is happy to be getting away, but he's still got a lot of uh, internal conflict over the whole Diablery. He's still not entirely sure how he feels about that and what the full effects of it are going to be on him. Now, what, what did he... Like, what did he take away from that? We haven't discussed, like, what the character took away from what the visions he had from the Diablery and everything like that. Has he processed that at all? Or is he, like, is he confused? Or, or, or what exactly, you know what I mean? What kind of impact did it have on him? The whole, I guess, the whole thing, the Diablery period. Well, he's a little confused. I mean, he doesn't know exactly what he did or exactly what happened. 
So he's still trying to parse it out in his head. All of those visions that he had. He's got really no idea how to interpret it all because it's so far beyond anything he's experienced before that he's at a complete loss as to a solid way to get a grasp on it. Well, this is something, too, that on this trip, maybe something can be explored because I'm going to give opportunities for, like, role-playing, you know, and I'm sure at the moment with Cora being in the back with Coyote, you're probably, like, Mitch is probably happy to be alone with his thoughts. At the, you know what I mean? To process everything and not have to, like, feign conversation, you know what I mean, while driving. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, so, but you know, potentially like the one thing I was going to tell you guys after we did this, if you ever want, if you, got, if you want to have a scene with another player, let me know. And we can, you know what I mean? Have a scene like when you guys stop or when you're driving or, you know what I mean? Something to that extent, you know? So uh, Richard, what's going on in Richard's mind at the moment now that you got with all this stuff that, and especially I know that uh, you had ideas of like, of, of how he's feeling, Richard's feeling at the moment with everything that's been going on. Right. Yeah. My idea was he's, feeling something like a jet lag like so much has happened the past few nights um and he's never really had the chance to um process it like the, the first thing on his mind uh, in the past few nights and right now is always the pack like with the Valdery behind him he doesn't think much of himself anymore and he didn't much to begin with so now so, like he feels like he's he's part of great, something greater than himself where like these the pack before you has kind of already been used to the Valdry. They've been together for a couple of years where this is like been the straight, um, like going up the whole time. And now you're kind of like leveling out because of it's been intense, right? I mean, you've had yeah. all yeah. this crazy shit happen. And then you're now feel this, like you've like fallen in love like that with a group of fucking strangers, you know? Right. So yeah, it can be jarring to say the least. I'm sure. Yeah. And to process, uh, I guess the pictures and uh, the actions of him and the pack, like uh, the Valdry, of course, um, his bonding with uh, Coyote, um, all the things uh, that happened to that little girl, and up to what just now happened um, at the at the um, what was it again? A motel? Um, yeah, yeah, it was a resort. It was when, an abandoned uh, resort. <laughs> explored his new feeling habit. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? So like you He'll probably just grip the steering wheel and I mean stay in the street, of course, but like work through some stuff and basically zone out a bit. Definitely. And it, and, and like like the, 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 the driving order that you guys are in doesn't need to stay the same throughout the whole thing. So like I said, if you want to have a scene with another character, have an idea during this trip uh like it's you know what i mean just let me know so what's going on uh who do i go with first uh i'll go with coyote you've kind of explained already what's kind of going on through your mind but but is there anything else you want to articulate like you're basically saying right now like you're trying to embrace the breeze the beast after that talk you had with ilanipi and now you want to articulate that by your outward appearance right because you you feel like what's going on with that just, you feel like you're channeling it or what i want to get as far away from my previous life as possible i guess i want my exterior to match my interior i took on board what ilanipi said but at the same time i kind of disagree with him a little bit in my own head because i'm a stubborn big asshole who's not really used to <laughs> having anybody tell me what to do 
so I'm kind of like, I'm I'm almost trying to prove a point to him that I can use the beast, that the beast can be more than something to try and keep at bay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, um, when you bring up a good, you believe it or not, what you just said right now, just kind of like had me reevaluate what I was going to plan once this chronicle was done. I, I originally was going to have, if we ever do a, a, a Pale Riders, whatever story arc again, I would have like the first session be where like, you guys were spending two years discovering what path you would take and all that stuff. And you switched to a path, you know what I mean? Uh, rather than humanity. But now I'm just fucking curious. So we might do that as the last session, even when this is done, have like a mm. prelude or whatever and be like, this is what happens in two years. And then if we ever decide to run it again, we can, and you guys can spend XP. So it's, it's really curious. Cause I feel like that is something that we are exploring in this game that I did not, really factor in when this game started was talking about humanity and paths and, and you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. how to deal with all that stuff. So awesome stuff. All right. And finally, Cora, what's going on in your mind right now that you guys are hitting the road and that you're sitting in the back, uh, feeling like the Texas air, uh, uh, in uh, your hair, what, what's going on in your mind now with like kind of processing everything that's happened to this point. On one hand, she's happy because, you know, the pack's pretty close knit and we've completed the first mission. And on the other hand, she's really, really, really pissed off about, you know, Vidar being stolen away like that. And she really, really, really wants to get to the bottom of this because she considers Vidar an, I guess, important influence on the pack. Basically, it'd be like losing a father or something to them. Oh, that's yeah, how she feels. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, uh, before we start again, if you want to have any conversation with any of the characters, I mean, you guys will be stopping, I'm sure, filling up with gas, all that shit as it goes on. You know what I mean? Just say, hey, I'd like to have a conversation, blah, blah, blah. And explore your characters at this moment. Explore the bond that you guys have uh, uh, with each other and stuff like that and, and, and kind of figure it out. So, we'll start, though, with you guys are driving down this highway that you've taken already a few times to go to Juarez. Uh, you're going to have to go through customs again to, to, to get into a war as proper. So you can go down uh, through Chihuahua and uh, 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 be able to get down to where you get to Torreon and uh, go head east from there. Um, are you going to start doing the bone and flesh craft once I take it, you pass Juarez and go south of Juarez, Cora, so there's not like people seeing you like fuck around with devil man <laughs> and shit like that. Uh, is that a ticket that's your plan? Mm-hmm. I had a, actually a great idea, and uh, you know, I want to ask Coyote if that would be all right with him. Basically, have uh, like his mouth be able to open 